There goes that man's jock strap. <laughs> oh my god, did you see that? <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh, baby, it's a big day in sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this year. Huge move for him. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast. The In a League of Their Own podcast is brought to you by Canadips. Canadips is a CBD pouch crafted and manufactured in Humboldt, California. I like Canadips because it keeps me calm and it can be a good alternative for anyone looking to stop smoking or chewing. One of my personal favorites is Tangy Citrus. You can find the rest of their kick-ass lineup of products at Canadips.com and use code League of Their Own 15 for 15% off your order. Happy Friday. Hello, my good sir. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Even though I got to fucking work tomorrow, but it is what it is. Excited to be here to do the episode. Yeah. A uh, action-packed weekend, especially in the NFL department, which is where we're starting with our content for today. Um, My first question for you here. Uh, With signs pointing to Aaron Rodgers winning his second consecutive MVP, if Derrick Henry had stayed healthy for a full season and surpassed the 2,000-yard mark for his second straight season, would you say he'd be a more deserving MVP this year? I'm still going to say no, just because it is a quarterback league now. Maybe five years ago, back when the last – Adrian Peterson, I think – will be the last non-quarterback to win it, I think. Just due to how all the rules have transformed, it's all about scoring points. Running backs, their careers don't even last that long, for the most part anyway. So I feel like every I feel like he's just he just met his expectations. I feel like everybody expects Derrick Henry to do what he does, where Rogers his case with being without his receivers in most of his defense for a lot of the year, the game in uh, Arizona. I feel like he's made his case very strongly. And especially with the number one seed again, like going back to back, like I feel like nobody thought the Packers would be in the number one seed spot at the beginning of the year, just due to how Tampa's bringing everyone back LA. Look what they did. Like, Packers were an afterthought, and for them to be the number one team, home field advantage again, I feel like this would be Aaron Rodgers, even if Derrick Henry ran for 2,000 yards. But you can't argue that he could arguably be one of the greatest running backs to ever play, just due to his size and speed. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Again, it's a shame that his season got cut short, and even he's at, what, 40, 30, 40 yards short of a thousand yard season. So it sucks that even though he's been practicing this week, it looks like he's not going to see the field until the playoffs. So he's going to be a little short of a thousand yard season. Um, But yeah, I agree. And again, adding to that equation as well, a non quarterback position that's been playing well this year, Cooper cup, again, looking like he's going to get the triple crown of catches yards, touchdowns for receivers, which hasn't been done in, almost two decades. Um, The fact that he's doing that this year, having the production he has, he's, I mean, somewhat in the bubble, like bubble of the conversation for MVP, but nobody's really talking about him. So 
again, kind of adding to that to where no matter how good of a season you, you have as a receiver, running back, defensive back, uh, edge rusher, breaking records, having an amazing season, like TJ Watt, for another instance, he's going to be chasing a single season sack record uh, this weekend. I think he only needs one and a half or two sacks to break it or tie it. Um, he's not really in the conversation for MVP. So it's like, again, just adding to kind of what you were saying, it's a quarterback league. Every year we see more and more, um, more and more air attack. There's really only two or three teams that you could, you'd consider a run first team. Again, the Titans being one of them, but even still, um, for MVP, again, another point to add, just that, that this just popped in my head. Now look at what the Titans are doing without Ter Derrick Henry. They're the one seed in the AFC. Remove Aaron Rodgers from the Packers, not a chance. So, um, again, that's a definition of MVP. Uh, again, who knows what kind of season Derrick Henry would have had, but without him, the Titans have done well enough to, again, get that one seed in the AFC. Yeah, and since we're speaking of the Titans, I do think Vrabel should get coach of the year. I think he's well-deserving of it. For that reason, Tannehill's been an average quarterback at best for the most of his career. They lose their number one running back. They lose their number one wide receiver for a handful of games. Julio's in and out. They've had the most players on their active roster this year with people coming and going, and they're still the number one seed. Like one went away from being right there. So – I feel like that's very impressive and you don't have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers at the helm for that, for you to be in that position. I see they're the only team outside of the Patriots that are in this final, I guess you could say the Eagles too, besides the Eagles and the Patriots that don't have a bona fide for sure quarterback. Like this is their guy who is a known proven guy I feel like Mac Jones, it's going to be his debut. Burrow, it's going to be his day. You know, a lot of these young guys who are very good are going to get their, I guess, debuts here in the postseason, which is going to be another amazing add-on to this crazy playoffs. This is the best, I think, playoff as far as all these teams. Every team, I feel like, could be any team. Like there's oh, yeah. no for sure this team's winning the Super Bowl like there has been in years past, mm -hmm. which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, because I mean, like last year, I mean, it looked you like the, the Chiefs were getting there. Yeah, the, on the AFC side, it's like, all right, the Chiefs are going to another uh, a second consecutive Super Bowl. On the NFC side, it's like, okay, it's gonna be Packers or Bucks. The the role that the Bucks went on, it's like, okay after taking down Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau and then getting the Super Bowl at home, first team to ever win a Super Bowl at home, it was like all the cards were – or all the signs were pointing to those two teams meeting in, in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, like this year, I mean, obviously um, Packers and, like, Rams are the kind of two teams I'm leaning at on out of the NFC. AFC side, Titans, Chiefs. But even still, like you said, any of these teams can be anybody, but rather than, okay, it's this team and this team, there's really two or three teams from each side that are like, okay, they have all the pieces they need and they could easily go win a, win a Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. And then my first question here, tying into the last week of the season here, if you were a head coach, 
and you already have the playoffs locked up, say you're the Packers, you already have home field, do you play your guys the last week of the season? So I'll answer this two different ways. If you're the one seed, if you have the one seed locked up, I say yes. Yeah, I'm asking you as the one seed. As a one seed, okay. Then yes, I would. Um, but not everybody. It's like Rod, like Rod, I'd say like Rogers, Adams, maybe um, Aaron Jones. Like you're really your top four or five guys that are, have the most value on your team, the ones that you lean on the most, maybe some of your guys who are banged up. Um, but at the same time, like, cause again, there's like why I said, I'm gonna answer this two different ways. There's yes to rest them and like make them healthy for the playoffs. But also at the same time, we've seen this before as Packers fans, for example, their 15 and one season after the Super Bowl, they rest all their guys the last week of the season, divisional round, they shit the bed to the Giants and get knocked out in the in their first game in the playoffs um whether that's because the guys are rusty a little slow coming out so that's the case i'd make for the other side of if you rest the guys this week you're not looking at a week and a half two weeks of these guys being off the football field yes you skip the the wild card round but also any teams that are coming hot off the wild card round you might have to play that team in the divisional round. So you might come out sloppy for the first couple drives, first quarter, first half, which you can't have. Yeah, you can't have in the playoffs. You can really have one or two drives where you're sandbagging a little bit, but a full quarter, even a full half in the playoffs, good luck. And that's that's kind of what happened to the Packers last year, NFC Championship. Came out sloppy in the first half, gave up that big touchdown to end the half, and that was the difference maker, and along with a couple other uh, plays, bad play calling, again, on that uh, fourth and seven or fourth and eight uh, from the in the in the uh, red zone right at the end of the game there. Um, I don't know. It's like it's like you can again, you flip the coin, you're, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't just as far as keeping guys healthy. It's hard to go one way or the other, though. But I mean, it makes sense for. Because what the Packers they said or the floor came out and said the starters are going to be playing either anywhere from a quarter to the first half somewhere in there um, of the game. I think that's what he said, but um, which I think is good. I think it's a good hybrid. Have the guys play a little bit. Don't give them the complete week off. But again, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Hindsight's always twenty twenty with these kind of calls that you have to make. Yeah, see, I'm I'm in the position where I would never even think about the rest part of it anyway. If you're going to rest a guy, you can rest him for pre- rest him a day of practice, give him a day off of, for practice. Game time, game speed. There's n- there's nothing like that compared to playing in the game. Even though it is the postseason, yeah, your practices are getting a little bit more intense, but you're more worried about the fundamentals, the basics. So you could just go play, and I. I'd play him three quarters, literally play him three quarters. And no matter where the game is at after three, you turn over to your backups and you let them finish out the fourth quarter. Let them get a full quarter of NFL experience. For a lot of these guys, you probably haven't played a lot during the year. Let them get their feet wet. Let's Jordan love. Let's see what he can do. Maybe even Rogers case, maybe even half for him. But at the same time, 
I feel like Jordan Love should also be taking reps when Devontae Adams is out on the field, Lazard's out on the f- He needs to be taking snaps when you have some of these top guys out there because the Rodgers question, you can't ignore that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can't just be like, ah, we'll, we'll focus on the next offseason. It's mm-hmm. just like, why don't we get an indication right now against a team who's gritty, they're going to play hard, the Lions. They're not going to give up and roll over. So let's see what he can do in a competitive game. You know, but see what the kid can do. Like you lose big deal. Yeah. You know, like there's no, there's nothing to be no. down about. When except lose your time, maybe it even more. Exactly. Except for maybe even more assuring. Like, is this the guy? Mm-hmm. Like, is this the guy after the, you know, who we currently have? Is he like a Rogers type situation, which. You don't know until he gets out there and gets to play. Yeah. Preseason, you can't speculate. Chiefs game, I wouldn't even count that as a, a game just it's because good. he didn't it, even have that much time to prepare, take reps. No. Team. Like, it was a throw-you-in kid, here you go, against the Chiefs who are – look at where they're at now. Mm-hmm. Like, he played better than Mahomes that day. So yeah. Like, this yeah. guy could could be the, the next guy. Yeah. I was going to say, too, in that game, he kind of came alive in the fourth quarter to where it's like, oh, you can see the rookie, like the not quite the zip on the ball of Aaron Rodgers, not quite the decision making, the checking at the line, things like that. Fourth quarter comes around and it's like, shit, they have a chance to win this game. He's making good throws. He's making good decisions to where if he can take that confidence he built from that Chiefs game and apply it to three quarters, two quarters, whatever he ends up playing this Sunday. Um, like you said, it'd be a good indication of what does our future look like in Green Bay beyond Aaron Rodgers, whether, again, after this season, after two seasons, after three more seasons, he's not, he's not going to stick around forever. You got to, you got to have an idea of what your future is going to look like eventually, where is Jordan Love our guy? Do we need to go after another quarterback in this year's draft, next year's draft? Like, and I think it could be Jordan Love to be our next guy because like what Rodgers has said multiple times, unless you're in the room with a guy who is of that level and get to study how he does things, ask the questions, you can't, you'll never get to be that guy unless you've been around the presence of what that feels like to be like around that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, look at all the great quarterbacks. They've been superseded. They've came up behind the guy who you know it's not just a oh shit this guy just came out of complete left field we never saw this you know what i mean so that's the gift and the curse being a quarterback coming into this league because being a super talented player you're going to a shittier team more likely than not off the rip and mm-hmm. you know joe burrow is one of the, he reminds me of a young rogers able to just transition and turn that team kind of around like, mm-hmm. he is their guy, like, their leader, like, Rogers. it seems like, is ours. For sure. Yeah, and then my uh, last NFL question here for you, then. Um, of the NFC teams right now that have currently clinched a playoff spot, so the Packers, Rams, Bucks, Cowboys, Cardinals, Eagles, which of these six teams will not be back in the postseason next year? Whether it's one, two, what which of these teams aren't going to make it? Because again, 
History has shown every year there's turnover. Teams that haven't made it make it. Teams that have made it don't make it. I'm going to say the Bucks. I don't think they get back next year. That's it, I think. I think every team returns except for the, the except for the Bucks. Just because Saints are a quarterback away, Falcons are a quarterback away. Like that division's tough. And if you there's only one team getting out of that division just due to how the West is. Like there's no arguing about that. So I'm going to say the Bucs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's going to be a lot tighter of a race in itself. I agree with you with that. Um, the team I'm kind of eyeing up, though, on this list, the Rams, for one reason, and that's Matthew Stafford kind of getting exposed here towards the end of the season. Multi-interception games, pick sixes in, in two or three straight games. Um, the offense seems kind of out of sorts at times. And next year, who knows if, again, OBJ is just to the end of the year. Do they get him back? Um, the running back situation, uh, is Cam Akers the real deal? Are they going to lean on the run game more? Again, on the defensive side, Von Miller, are they going to keep him? Uh, is turnover on every team? Are they able to keep that core foundation of guys? Obviously, Aaron Donald, I feel like they give their arm and leg to keep him. But I don't know. I think that like with flying colors, how the season started for the Rams. I don't think they get that next year. I could see them starting them be, have a losing record through week five or six and they struggle uh, for the whole season next year. And don't get back to the postseason. which again, in the West 49ers, do they get a full season out of Jimmy G? If they do, they could be at the top. Trey Lance steps in, who knows what he's got Seattle. They have one down year. They they rebuild around Russ and try to get back. Cardinals. Yes, I feel like Seattle Seattle's the long shot. I feel like they need to rebuild a lot more than just like their defense is completely in shambles. Yeah. Like Pretty ever since they lost that Legion of Boom, dude, their team has just went down the shit shithole because of all they did was load up on offense, give Russ weapons, give let Russ cook. He, he, he doesn't get to play defense. He doesn't get to play special. You know, yeah. he only gets 33% of the game is mm-hmm. in his hands. Like, and that's why I think the Rams do get in next year is because look at, yeah, he's turned it over 15 times this year, which is tied for the most with Josh Allen, 15 picks. Look at their team, still in the playoffs, still in a good position. Like, somehow Mm -hmm. they've been able to win, even though he's played like absolute garbage, which is scary because if he plays absolute lights out and you get that same – there ain't a team that's going to – Green Bay ain't even going to beat him if that's what we get. Yeah, if if we get the Rams team that played the Bucs, was that week three, week four? That's probably – But – and OBJ now, though? And they get their running back back. Like they're a full loaded team. Mm-hmm. 
and it's all dictated on their quarterback. Like he, it's yeah. it's in his hands, and this is his moment to prove: is he just the guy who throws for five thousand yards every year and can't lead your team to a victory in the playoffs with a loaded team, or is this the guy that everybody knew who he was in Detroit and wasted his whole career there, and now he wants his chance to see if he can go one, two, three, four, how many Super Bowls he can get before it's enough for him? Yeah. He's definitely probably one of the toughest quarterbacks that's ever played. Oh, yeah. He reminds me of Brett Favre, and he has so many people's respect, and I feel like, what you know, everybody's curious to see what Matt Stafford we're going to get here when the lights are huge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, the NFC West is one of those divisions where if there's a division to ever have all four teams make, a playoff, make the playoffs, I'd put my money on the West. Um, but again, it all just depends on next year who they can bring back. If they're not unable to bring back OBJ, Von Miller, some of these guys they picked up, like I said, I think that they could miss out if they do. I mean, obviously the, the script could be different, but um, yeah, I mean, out of the rest of these teams, I mean, as much as I like the Cowboys, you're in the NFC East, so <laughs> it's not that hard to, all you got to do is win your division and you're in, whether you're what are they 12 and three or whatever they are now, or they're six and 10, they could win the division. So, and the giants are a couple years out. I feel like from being a relevant team, Washington, your quarterback and a de- healthy defense away from being right where you were last year and the Eagles are up and coming. So that's another division. We could all, we could see three teams potentially sneak in next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd exclude the, the Giants from that just because, again, they've committed to Daniel Jones and Joe Judge for one more year, which, I mean, good for them. They get paid millions to make those decisions. I don't. If it works out for them, cool. If it doesn't, they put another year in the shitter. And and what is one season? Is that week one they look absolute trash and they're gone? Yeah, you that's know, true. Nobody that's, knows yeah, the nothing's extent guaranteed. of – No. And that's what is – very interesting about sports too, especially playing it, is that you understand that nothing is guaranteed mm-hmm. at all, especially when you get to that level where everybody is. So everybody's got the talent. Everybody just worked hard enough to get to this point. But what separates that little tiny little bit is everything in the world. It's the attention to detail. It's the littlest thing that makes all the difference in the world. And that's why it's so funny when you see a wide receiver get wide open. It's just like, how did, how did, and then you watch the play that actually happened. It was just one little tiny little, and that's all it takes is the biggest difference in the world, especially the game of football. Yeah, for sure. Then my last question for you, who gets the last wild card spot? Do the Niners hold on or do they blow that and do the saints capitalize becoming the first team in NFL history with four different starting quarterbacks to make the postseason? 49ers would be the Saints would be or the Saints yeah because yeah 49ers Niners lose Saints win Saints in yeah but 49ers win it's locked up no matter what and this 49ers play the Rams correct correct I think the 49ers hang on but with a loss Rams lose to the 49ers Falcons 
play spoiler and beat the beat the Saints to hold them out of the postseason. That's what I think is going to happen. Kind of out there, bold prediction, but I just got a feeling that the Saints are just not going to get it done. And Matt Matt Ryan and who knows, maybe his last game. Do they move on from him? He balls out and gets one more win at home. All right. I think the Saints hold on and win. And then they will turn around and get to play the Rams the first week of the season. I feel like the Saints team, this Saints team, how in the hell have they still hung on to this point? Yeah. Like, look at the disaster that they've went through. Michael Thomas out. No, you lose your starting quarterback week seven. It's just like Kamara's out three, four weeks. <laughs> your season looks completely done and over, but that defense, you sweep the Bucks, you beat the Packers. Like they've beaten good teams. Their defense is top five defense in the league. Their quarterback play is the only question mark to me. I don't think Atlanta is going to sniff their jock strap this weekend. Um, their net points is god awful. They're minus 136 on the year, and the Saints are plus 19. <laughs> I feel like the Saints are they're not gonna let this one slip away. And I feel like the Rams are just gonna roll San Francisco. Cause it's all it's all forms go for everybody, but the Packers are well. NFC side, Packers are the only team that has even mentioned anything about some of their guys sitting out. Because every team wants to get on that roll. Every team wants to get the momentum building now. Mm -hmm. Look at the top, Packers and Rams, both on five-game winning streaks. Eagles are on a four. Those are huge momentum carriers, if you can continue that through the end of week 18, now into the playoffs. Like, that's huge. Yeah. Other side, that's kind of – a different situation because you have Bengals. I know are resting players. Then Burrow, Chase, Mixon, those guys. They're not playing. Bills. They're sitting there, guys, as well. Colts. They need to win. Why, why would they sit there, guys? Because they have a chance for the one seed. Bengals don't give a shit where they end up. Huh. That's basically what they said. Well, like they're in. They're locked in. They they literally don't give a piss about what happens because they want Joe Burrow to be 100% ready to, you know, full health. Cause he one hit, you know, like he's not like, he's got a track record of being hurt, you know, where mm-hmm. some of these other quarterbacks don't like, I feel like the chiefs, they're going to obviously going to try to win. Cause they want home field Titans. They ain't going to let home field. I think get away Colts. That's a tough game for them. And then, like, the Chargers-Raiders situation, how they sit there. But the Bengals, another reason why I feel like they also want to let kind of let it slip is Bills in New England would be in a rematch, I believe, at that point. So. Yeah. Well, plus for the Bengals, they need the Titans and the Chiefs to lose. Right. To get the one seed. Right, and that ain't happening. Yeah. But, yeah, then on the NFC side, like you said, um, 
these teams have a lot to play for the Rams, uh, Bucks, because the higher you are in those seeds, nobody wants to go play in a cold Lambeau. So if you're the two or the three seed, chances are you don't see the Packers until the NFC Championship. But the farther you fall down that seed ranking, you might have to play Green Bay in that divisional round. So everybody wants to be the highest seed possible on the NFC side right now, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, Cowboys, they're struggling. They need to get their shit together. They're going to get steamrolled game one mm-hmm. of the of the postseason. So, what are the Cowboys doing? Because they're a lock at the four seed, win or lose. I, they, I haven't heard anything on what they're doing yet. Because I know Dak's been – there's that question mark imagine. of him being healthy all year to where he's – was that was that hamstring? Or no, calf. Calf, calf injury? I can't yeah, remember. I, no, that game that know. Cooper Rush played because he – like, is that still 100% healthy? Who Like, who's banged up? Everybody's banged up, obviously, at this point, but it's how bad. Yeah. But also it makes sense now without Michael Gallup – do they, whoever the next guy up is for that team, do they want to get some quality reps in with them to see, all right, who's going to be our number three guy in this postseason? Well, and you're playing the Eagles, so you might turn around and play the Eagles right away again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could see a lot A lot of these. I mean, we, last week of the season is always divisional matchups. We might see back-to-back weeks of divisional matchups from regular season to postseason, depending on, again, how all these seats play out. Yeah, because as it would stand, Rams would take on Philadelphia, Tampa would play the 49ers, Dallas and Arizona would play. But with the Eagles moving up, if San Fran loses and the Saints win, Saints fell into that last spot. Should be Saints, Rams, Eagles, Bucks, Cowboys, Cardinals. I feel like that's the only matchup that's for sure locked because it's two games separate. Unless the Rams or the Bucks lose. I don't know how that – how would that – if the Rams lose, cards win. Do cards get the two and the Rams get the five? I want to say so. Hold on. Yes. Yes, they would. Cardinals are eight and one. Four and one non-conference. Seven and four. No, we're just kidding. Rams would if there's a tie. They're eight and three in the conference. Four and one non-conference. Well, I was playing around with this a couple days ago. I'm pulling it up again. It's like a playoff machine um, generator to where you can pick if this team wins, if this team loses, what happens. So, yeah. So, right now, again, Rams are two, Cardinals are five. So, if the Rams lose – Cardinals win. Cardinals win. Arizona moves to the three. Los Tampa falls two. to the five. Yep. Tampa, to Tampa two. two. Okay. That's what would happen between those scenarios. Yeah, dude. How about all the shit around Tampa right now? Yeah, that's all the AB thing. And then did you hear the latest stuff today? With how AB had a chick that he snuck into the hotel room. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Yep, took a whole bunch of pictures and everything. I guess him and this chick, I guess she's a huge OnlyFans model. I guess <laughs> they made like a porn video. And then now there's an outbreak of co- Shaq Barrett has COVID. 
and this chick took pictures and released all this stuff in McAfee on the show. He was like, how in the fuck would you even sneak somebody in there? Like you have paid police officers, security guards at all of the fucking elevators on all the stairs. Like you ain't going anywhere. He's just like matter of getting in, how are they getting them out? Money talks, slip a couple Benjamins. You didn't see shit. <laughs> oh, dude, during the whole that makes this Tampa Bay team and the NFL's protocols just look like complete shit. Like oh, how, yeah. they let, how they let this happen during COVID season. This is just shit we see and hear about. Think of the stuff that goes under the radar that we never hear about until maybe 10, 20 years from now when they're retired and it doesn't mean anything. Oh, yeah, this this one season I did this and they're they have immunity because it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the NFL runs a pretty type of ship. Like, I feel like we've heard a lot of these stories in the past couple of years of players getting caught doing it. So to be successful at it and then to literally release it after and just blow up the team being like, <laughs> and now one person has COVID and there's pictures of like where his players rooms were, where team got where certain guys had to go for certain meetings and quarterbacks this way, running backs this way. Like it was insane. Just mind blowing that all this is going on while they're trying to salvage a Super Bowl, a back to back Super Bowl run if they really just lost AB who made that whole stink. But it did come out that he basically, he left the team. Like he was pissed over them not guaranteeing his million dollars in his bonuses. He went into the office on like Tuesday or Wednesday and said, Hey, I know I'm only five receptions this away from this, this, could you please guarantee me my million dollar bonus? And they said, unfortunately we don't do it that way here. Like you got to earn it. Like we're not yeah. just going to give it to you. And during the game, I guess he got super pissed. Brady started throwing the ball back to Gronk a lot after he was in the doghouse for his shit game that he had a couple of, like a few games ago. Now he's back getting the ball. And I guess he got super pissed that he got put in with some personnel that he didn't normally play with and said, fuck this. I'm done. Like, and Bruce Arians, like he, like he refused to go in and Bruce was like, all right, dude, you're done. Just mm -hmm. like, fuck this. I'm done. Like all over, probably not getting paid the million dollars. And I guess he didn't make an appearance on a podcast today. Yeah, Bob Mennery's Full Send podcast. It was interesting to kind of hear his side of things to where he has it sounds screenshot like messages and proof of where Bruce Arians has said, I never knew anything about this ankle injury. He's making that up. He has screenshot messages of talking with Bruce Arians and talking with a trainer from the box, talking about his ankle injury, saying, I don't know if I'll be able to go this week. And so there's apparently proof of... Yeah, they already cleared all that up, though. Bruce Arians came out and said that he... Basically, that he knew everything. It was a, a lawyer-type speech that he gave, basically, of what he can say and what he can't say. Yeah. But, yeah. That it whole seems, thing, it's, it's conduct detrimental. They're mm -hmm. not going to have to end up paying him, and he's done. Yeah. Unless but he yeah, gets it, picked up by 4 o'clock tomorrow, he won't be able to play the rest of this season. Yeah. I mean, it seems fishy on both sides. Obviously, I'm leaning more towards the Bucks and Bruce Arians just with AB's track record. But at the same time, the things he said, he seems genuine. He has proof. He has screenshots of like conversations that happen that like are 
benefiting him. Again, anything can be fabricated nowadays, so who knows? But, um, I mean, it's fishy on both sides. Like, there's – it could go either way. But, I mean, obviously just for credibility reasons, like, got to – I mean, the league the league slash Bucks, I feel like, are going to come out ahead in this. But Yeah, I didn't get to hear any of it. People, from what the comments and stuff that I've heard about, there's, like – he sounds like he needs help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've only seen maybe five to 10 minutes of the episode myself. And like, like a lot of what I said is like, he can't even put full sentences together. He mumbles. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of this stuff. Like, it seems like he's had a lot of fucking traumatic brain injuries to he's, where he's been, wearing those, help. he's been wearing those like retro, like Robocop looking sunglasses the last couple of days. So where it's like, is he on something? Is he? Well, supposedly he shot a music video today. Oh, yeah, that's right. But, like, is he on something? Does he have a concussion? Is he, like, trying to avoid light? Like, what? How bad does he have CTE? Yeah. Like, go back to the Vontez Perfect hit on him. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> that, that was that's what start. started of all this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, like us joking kind of around here was just like that was the hit that's like seriously that could have been the hit that fucks this guy's life up yeah like his brain is no longer a normal functioning brain and no. sad to see being one of the greatest fucking wide receivers to ever play yeah yeah i mean we'll see obviously in the coming weeks in this off season kind of how that all shakes out who picks him up does he get picked up we will see um is it my turn yeah 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 nba then to the hardwood um on wednesday night uh kyrie irving made his season debut with the nets putting up 22 points since then there's been a lot of highlights people talking good good things about him seeing some takes from nba nba analysts and fans calling kyrie a top three point guard of all time in your eyes, is he a top three point guard, and where do you put him on that list? As far as overall playing the position of point guard, I'd, I'd put him in the top five, not in the top three. Magic, Chris Paul, Allen Iverson, Steph, Kyrie. That would be probably the top five. Like, he does it all. He's not just an offensive scorer, and that's why I'd even maybe even keep Steph out of, like, just overall how you play the position. Scoring aside, defense, positioning, how you play, all that, I'd put him uh, that peg above Steph because he does play more defense, more assists. He's more of, like, a team-friendly guy instead of, I know I can make the shot, so I'm going to take the shot type of deal. But he's un- he's an unbelievable point guard. I'd say top five. Yeah, I mean, I I put him top ten. I think it's what like I mean, top ten of how many hundreds, thousands of of basketball players have come through the league over the years. I wouldn't put him in the top three though. Um, I mean, my top five would be Magic, Curry, Stockton. Robertson, well, six actually. Robertson, Oscar Robertson, Steve Nash, Chris Paul, 
And then I'd kind of start entertaining the idea of putting Kyrie in that conversation. Um, again. But why, why do you have Oscar Robinson that high on the list? Just because he's won that many rings? Yeah, just I guess because his stats his aren't that good. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's more because anybody can ride. Kinda... Anybody can ride the bench for eleven championships. Yeah, but you're part of eleven championship teams. <laughs> like you know what I mean. So then he is he number one then? No, that's why he's not like he's not number one for just because again because of his stats. But due to his number of championships, like Tom Brady, people call him the goat. He has seven rings. Arguably, a handful of them are due to his defense or other players, but people still consider him the GOAT because of his seven rings. Well, and he is the leading in passing yards and touchdowns. But he's played for that long, too. Right, but I mean, like, for to still be able to do, like, yeah. put up those numbers is insane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, like, like you said, Oscar Robertson's, like, uh, stats aren't great, like through the roof, setting like anything amazing. But again, just due to his number of championships, that's why I, ha- I, I have him on this list. But again, type like Kyrie, again, to be a top 10 point guard of all time, there are 30 point, point guards in the league right now, let alone the 75 years of the NBA. So to be considered in the top 10, I think it's still high praise, but I think top three or top five is a little too high praise for him. Sounds good. Do you think the Bucks need to make a move or do you think their roster is now complete after the release of DeMarcus Cousins? Yeah, I think at first I was like, why are they getting rid of him? He's actually doing pretty decent. They probably got him for somewhat cheap just with being a vet and having his history of injuries and not being the most healthy guy. Um, But at the same time, kind of forget about the fact that Brooke Lopez is still expected to be back this season. Um, After his back injury, they say, I mean, as early as a month, by the end of the end of the regular season, they should get him back. I think they're just kind of looking for somebody to get them along to kind of help them win games, see, I mean, again, I don't make the, like, we obviously don't make those decisions. So what they saw out of him apparently wasn't enough to keep him on the roster, but I think they're going to be fine. Again, a perfect example last year, the Bucks don't thrive being at the top of the East and being that one seed, being in that two to four range seems like it suits them well. And I think the roster that they have, but the guys that they will get back eventually and the chemistry that they continue to build over the season, I think they're in a fine spot. Yeah. Outside of them signing. Um, fuck, I need to find this guy's name again. They just signed a guy. Today. Oh yeah. To a 10 day contract. Langston Galloway. Yeah. So whoever this guy is, clearly he's signed to a 10-day contract. He's going to come in and play some minutes. Um, tonight's a good a good test, I feel like, if we can even stay above the top seven, six, seven seed in the East. Um, we're struggling right now. Other teams are surging. We better find our ground before it's too late and we're in the play-in tournament. 
Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they need a total collapse to end up in the play-in, but... Two more losses and two more wins by the Cavs and Raptors. And they'd be in the in the seven spot? They have 15 losses, Cavs have 17, and Raptors have 17. And they're seventh, Raptors. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and they have five games. They have five games in hand, technically, because of the COVID. Break. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not too concerned though, because I mean, even I mean, we talk about them just about every episode. The Lakers, they were what a seven or eight seed for a while, and it's like, oh, are they gonna are they gonna slip? Are they even gonna make the play in? And now they're the fourth or fifth spot, and they're surging. So. In the 82-game season, you're going to have your ups and downs. Hopefully, this is kind of their last bad streak before they turn things up. But I freaking hope so. Yeah. So they got some games coming up here that they can get made look a fool. This next stretch that they have is tough. All the way till February 26th, they pretty much have a tough run. Over a month of tough games. Every night, yeah. Till the end, of, yeah. Looking at it till the end of the month, the only two games I could say, okay, those could be wins: Hawks, Nuggets. Aside from that, they play the Knicks, Cavs, Bulls. And I'd say the Kings too could be an easier win, just because they don't really play defense. Grizzlies are good. Raptors just beat them a couple nights ago. Warriors, Hornets are one of the top scoring offenses in the league. They play the Nets tonight. So, yeah, through the end of the month, there's only two or three games that I would throw well, money on you, that they'd win. <laughs> yeah, then you, even if you extend that, they play the Thunder one more time, the Hawks, the Kings. So that's three more at max that are game. Oh, and then they play the Pistons. But they lost. Game for the end. Exactly. <laughs> so that's really four four games that they pretty much have guaranteed wins for the rest of the year. Like, this team could be in a tough position where we're at right now. Yeah. But at the same time, if they blow through this, go on a 10-game win streak. You know, the East is the East, not the West. Yeah. Like, if we played in the West, I would have no concern. Yeah. But because we are in the East and there's so many teams that are putting it together, like Toronto, four-game winning streak, 76ers, five-game heater. Like, there's teams that are going. And yeah. we're, we're kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess talking about a team, talking about teams on streaks, on the bad side of a streak, a short one at that, the Warriors have lost two straight. And Steph Curry has now shot for just 21 total points and 19.2% from the field in his last two games. Are you concerned for the Warriors or did they just finally hit their first shit streak of the season? I think this is cause for concern. Um, Clay is about to be coming back. Andrew Wiggins is stepping up, taking more of a role. His shots are way more meaningful, and when he can't make the make it like he normally does, I feel like this streak is going to linger. They lost to the Pelicans for Christ's sakes. The yeah. Pelicans. That's embarrassing. Yeah. And for them to be considered one of the best teams in the league, no. I'm sorry you're not. 
Like after that loss to the Pelicans, you're no longer in the conversation with the Suns and the Jazz as far as Western Conference. Yeah. I mean shit, even the Grizzlies, god dang. They've been playing so good, dude. Yeah, ever since we talked about them that one episode. Literally, we gave them a bump. Yeah. And they've been hot as shit since. I don't think they've lost since. Yeah, I think you're right. Honestly. They're on a seven game win. Yeah. Streak. So then yeah, the last time we talked about them, they haven't lost. But yeah, I mean, in that game, in that loss to the Pelicans, I mean. Regardless of who you put out there, again, you're the Warriors, you're 29 and 9. You should be able to win that game easily. They were without Curry, but again, Curry should should uh, streak from the field. Even if he had played, would it have made a difference? So who knows? Um, but yeah, I'm I'm concerned as well um for the Warriors right now. Um just look at the scores of the good teams that beat them. Like just for the last couple Bucks beat them by 23, Suns. Beat them by 13. Jazz beat them by 11. Those are over two over 10 points is a solid win. And look at if they could even muster up that. Like, god damn, dude. Yeah. Even uh their, their second to last game on Wednesday. I'm pulling it up just to make sure. And then they, going back to the Bucks too, like the reason why I'm still concerned for the Bucks as well, like before this, they lost to the Pelicans already earlier this year in overtime. And it's just like, you can't give those games away against teams without their best player, clearly. And you're the reigning, cha- like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the game, the game I was looking at, they're actually one of the better defenses, but the Warriors lost to the Mavericks 99 to 82. How do you put up 82 points in the NBA? When you're supposed to have the greatest shooter of all time. Yeah. He should have 40 himself. Yeah, and then that game was at – yeah, he had 14. Went five for 24 from the field, one for nine from three. You're going to shoot your team to a loss, which which he did. You shoot the ball 24 times and you make it five, your team's losing. Yeah, your yeah. team only usually gets between 80 and 90 shots. If you're taking 25, that's over a quarter of your team's shots, and you make five. Yeah. Like, you can't win that way. And that's why I put the Warriors down in the middle class of that Western Conference, the middle tier, because when it comes to it, their defense isn't up to par. Like, they have to shoot themselves to win games. Like, they can't rely on their defense to win. Suns, Jazz, Grizzlies, all can. They all mm-hmm. have the defense. They don't rely on their offense scoring 150 points. Yeah. <laughs> they do it as yeah. a team. I mean, there's def- like, like like you were saying, there's definitely cause for concern, I guess, to where I'd say, okay, they're really fucked. Clay make, is supposed to make his return Sunday, I believe Sunday? Sunday against the Cavaliers. Yep. Sunday against the Cavaliers. Clay is supposed to make his return against a really good Cavs team. Again, who's surging up in the East, plays really good defense. In Clay's return, if they shit the bed, that's where I'm like, okay, this Warriors team is really fucked. Like, they're lucky to be at 29 and 9 right now to where they can avoid a week, week and a half of shit streak to where it's not going to, like, 
get them out of the playoffs because what are they? They're still, I mean, they're still tied. Oh, dude, they're 10 games. They have 10 games before they'd be in the sixth spot. Yeah. So that, like I said, like there's cause for concern, but they'd have to go on a month shit streak. Of- but if the streak goes another five games, let's say they ride it to seven, look at the teams all around them. Winning streak of three, winning streak of two, winning streak of seven, winning streak of four, winning streak of three. They could be right in that sixth spot if this streak goes. Because, mm-hmm. again, in that sixth spot right now sits the Lakers. Again, the, the Warriors have an uh, eight-and-a-half game lead over them right now. Lakers are on a heater. They're starting to figure things out. So where – I mean, after the Lakers, Denver, Clippers, Minnesota – that that's where it falls after off. the Lakers but, is where you can drop the contenders in the West. Yeah. But again, there's a big difference between being the two seed and being the six seed, because rather than home court advantage, you're playing on the road to come playoff time. Yep. Then my last question, do you think that we see a different team in the finals besides who we've seen the last two years, Warriors, Suns, Bucks, Nets, do you, in the, I guess I'm not going to include the Lakers in that conversation because I wanted two from each conference. Like so the conference you th- finals, you mean? No, it- like do we? I'm saying final finals in general. Do we see a different team besides? Well, the, the Nets Warriors, have Suns, been Bucks? in the finals, so that's right. why I'm asking. I'm saying, do we see a different team in the finals besides these four teams? Warriors, Suns, Bucks, or Nets? Does any other team make it to the finals besides those four? I, I, again, going to keep giving them praise. Let's see if they keep riding with it. Grizzlies. I'm high on that. I'm, I'm riding that Grizzlies train right now. I can see them for sure being in that Western Conference Finals. Um, if they keep rolling the way they are, I think they could be a, a dark horse out of the West this year. So, again, hopefully they didn't jinx them. Hopefully they keep rolling. But, yeah, I'm going to say Grizzlies. I'd add to that conversation. Yeah, I would also add in the Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat as well in that conversation. Those are also two other teams that I feel like any given night, if they're rolling full strength, they could beat any team in a seven-game series, not just one game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the it's starting to get tight again with the Warriors slipping, team surging, both, both conferences – the East is so tight, dude. Yeah. From first, literally from first to 12th is a nine-game difference. <laughs> and you have a nine-game spread between one and five in the <laughs> in the West. Like, to get to the same 12 is 15 and a half games. Like, that's so many games. Yeah. That's a whole month of basketball. Nine is a week and a half. Yeah. You could have one week and a bad week and a half, and you could be done, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just in for, like, NBA, NFL, both both are really fun to watch this year as far as it's anybody's game right now coming down the stretch. I mean, NBA still has a longer way to go than the NFL, but just in general this year, it's been a really good year of sports. 
Uh, moving over then to the ice in the NHL. Um, my first question here for you. If you had the money to start your own NHL franchise, what city would you want your team to be based in? And is this um, like following the NHL's like protocols of like what they require out of a city? Or is this like fantasy land? I could pick any city. Fantasy land. You got endless pockets to if you need to add hotels, commodities in a city to meet the criteria of of adding an NHL franchise, what city? Within reason, like, I'm not saying, like, Stevens Point, Wisconsin, let's throw a team there, because endless money, you can make it anywhere, but, like, it, it has to be a city of at least, I'd say, a million people, or half a million people that you're kind of basing it off of. Yeah, I was going to pick a smaller town. I was going to say, just as far as my personal experience, I'd say somewhere in Oregon, Portland. Actually, no, I'd go even Southern Oregon more. I'd say like Medford, Oregon, um, one of the bigger cities in the Southern part. I feel like putting an NHL team there, obviously why Seattle is doing so good. There's nothing out. There's no really sports teams out there. And everybody is bonkers about sports out there. Like you would have the most insane wild fan base teams would hate to come out there to play. Mm -hmm. So I'd pick a spot out there where you could literally get the whole Friday night lights type of atmosphere town shuts down. Everybody's at the game. Shit's wild. I would definitely pick somewhere out in Northwest Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I agree with you. I guess another one to add to that, add to that would be like, Again, a very big hockey hotspot in the country, maybe like Fargo, North Dakota. (laughs) Again, you you wouldn't have, you probably wouldn't fill the arena just because of not having enough people, but. Sub-zero freezing temperatures too. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, just that, that part of the country really needs a boost in sports, but again. There's not money to be made there for that reason, but. Well, and that's why their college hockey team is what their facility is, is unbelievable. I mean, I was there when I was probably eight, nine, 10 years old. I don't even remember the exact age that I was, but they had NHL level equipment, training facilities, you name it. And they're always relevant when it comes to college hockey. Granted, they're, they don't have a women's team anymore, which is really sad but their men's team basically has to put on the show and they have one of the most amazing barns of all time. Like it would work as far as like having like a ravaged fan base like that. But as far as like bringing in people like opposing teams, stuff like that, they're going to be like, Oh, we're in the middle of fucking North Dakota. You know what I mean? We're at the Pacific. You got the beach. You got, but I totally get it though. You'd have psycho fans there for sure. Yeah. And to my first question for you here, do you think the Pittsburgh Penguins end up in the top three of the Metro division? So for sure spot in the playoffs, not wild card by the end of the season, currently running a 10 game heater. And they're just about to hit. Well, last night was their first of their six game uh, road stretch that they got. They got the West West coast tour coming up here. So 
Yeah, do you see them continuing to keep climbing as their trip starts? Well, it started in Philly last night, but they play Dallas tomorrow. Is their next one? Yeah, I think that they end up in the top three. I mean, um, the two teams I think that are going to be there with them, Washington, Carolina, uh, Rangers right now, um, lost last time out of the top four teams in the Metro, have the worst record in their last 10, 5-4-1. and one. I think that it, Pittsburgh ends up in that top three with Carolina and Washington. Um, I mean, I think Rangers could end up still with a wild card spot, but yeah, I'm going to say that's going to be the top three in the Metro this year. Yeah, Capitals, Capitals, Hurricanes, Penguins, top three in the Metro. Sounds good. Yeah, the Rangers got slapped last night by Vegas. Um, I'm going to agree, except for I'm actually going to – yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think it's going to be Caps, Hurricanes, Penguins, Rangers, I think, are a wild card team. But it's all this year's like like we've said multiple times of a year of who's has who available and ready to play. So I just look at my Flyers team last night. Literally, so many people I fucking couldn't even tell you who they are. <laughs> Thought they had a chance. They give up three goals in the first like minute and thirty seconds. It's like sweet coming back. Oh, three two. It's three two. What happens? They give up three goals in another minute and 30 seconds. It's just like your team can't sustain, a team can't sustain that having all of your top, literally your top players out. Top two defensemen. One just played, we made a yard sale trade for a guy. He plays four games on the season, has been out since. Top, top defenseman, Ivan Provorov, he's been out. You lose your captain. You lose your assistant captain. You like our team is in shambles right now. Kevin Hayes, everything that he's gone through, came back early from a core surgery. He left the game early last night. Looks like he's going to maybe have to get another surgery, a little touch up. He's going to miss some time. It's like they don't have a choice. Have you ever heard of these kids? Connor Bunneman, Max Willman. Like Zach McEwen, Z- Igor Zamula. Like, haven't heard of any of these fucking guys. No. no. <laughs> and yeah, just a sad year for the Flyers. I think I'm already waving the flag. Hey, right there with you. Sorry, Kraken. Um, yeah, it, it, kind of the same boat again. Brandon Tenev all with an ACL injury. Um, they've had their last three games postponed. The next stretch of hockey, Avalanche, Stars, Blues. They're already on a five-game shitter. Why not make it eight, guys? Um, yeah, it's been it's been rough. So, I again, not high expectations for the Kraken, but nonetheless, high expectations or not, it's always rough to watch a team that you follow not have a very good year. <laughs> yeah. And my last hockey question here for you, uh, kind of following up again with your newly founded NHL team in Medford, Oregon, what player are you choosing that is, to, that is playing right now that you would build your team around? 
No question about it. Said the kid, the walking ATM machine. Um, this fucking guy's made everybody who's played with him millions of dollars. This guy's the ultimate teammate, ultimate player. Does everything that you could ever ask for a guy to do. Said no questions asked. Yeah, that's kind of like immediately like when I made it, came up with this question, that was the first thing that came to my head. But thinking of like long term kind of a young stud right now another guy that, that like again it's a gamble you never know what you're going to get what you're going to get out of for the next 10 20 years Kirill Kaprizov I think would be another decent guy to build around after the rookie season he had again while they're on a little bit of a tough streak right now but um nonetheless I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards the the side of young talent because Right now, as it currently stands, who knows how, how many years Crosby has left. Uh, Kaprizov has definitely more shelf life right now. So, yeah, between those two, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'd, I'd lean building a team around. Sounds good. Yeah, he's he'd be a great, great player to build a team around, young guy. Then my last question for you, since we brought brought this up before, you saying Vegas is going to be on the top spot, especially when Eichel makes his return. However, how do you think the Golden Knights will will make room for Jack Eichel to return as they're currently sitting $10.7 million over the salary cap? And they also still have defenseman Alec Martinez, $5.25 million on long-term injury reserve. That's tough. I mean, no brainer. You got to keep Marshall and Stone. Like Marshall, Stone, Eichel. Like those are three guys that, all right, we got to keep them no matter what. After that, I mean, there's not a whole lot of guys. I mean, Petrangelo, kind of looking at their roster here, another guy you kind of want to keep. Um, after that, I mean, the roster is a very long list to where. I'm sure they could figure it out. So I don't know exactly who, who you get rid of, how you make room. But if there's guys that, I'm, again, we got to keep these guys, Marsha So, Stone, Petrangelo, Eichel. Those are the four guys you got to make room for the rest of it. There's such, there's such young, good talent in the league. I'm sure they can figure it out. Yeah, see the position that they're in right now. They're going to have to get rid of somebody like Riley Smith, Jonathan Marcheseau. They're going to have to get rid of one of those guys because of the average annual value that these guys carry towards the cap. They're both slated at $5 bucks. They also have a winger, Evgeny Dodonov, who's a younger kid, also making $5 million. And you have to clear 10.7. So... I feel like we're going to see either Riley Smith, Jonathan Martichaud, Davdanov, two of the three, all three of them. I could all see them moving. Martichaud has an eight-team no-trade clause, so that's going to be a little bit difficult. And Davdanov has a 10-team list of no-trade. So that's the only going to be the tricky part. But Smith already is going to be becoming unrestricted, unrestricted free agent after the season's over, so he has no protection. He's 30 years old. I mean, 
I'd see he would probably be the guy that they lean over getting rid of and then the down of just going off of age. Like you got to keep your young bucks. The down of they wasted a draft pick on when they fucking had the team. Like this kid's a good, he's a great player. So I feel like Smith and March so we could both see go. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough decision, obviously best case scenario, you kind of keep those guys, but yeah, it makes sense where you'd have to clean, clean house on eight to 10 guys down the list. Otherwise um, to make room, but makes it easier, but also makes it harder just to get rid of one of your top guys that are carrying that again, three to $5 million uh, range. Well, and he's 25 years old too you know it's like if you get rid of a 30 year you're saving yourself five years mm-hmm. that's true and all the potential that Eichel the superstar is like I feel like there's a lot more no matter who they get rid of yeah Marge so fans will probably be really pissed he's a huge fan favorite does a lot for their team but also at the same time you're getting Jack Eichel and if he steps in and performs how everybody knows he can people forget John who yeah, they're going to forget about March. So so I feel like this team is in a great position, obviously. If he's healthy, he can come back and play. But, however, he could really hand- handicap that team. If they do make a couple moves, those players go on to light it up wherever they go. And mm-hmm. Eichel's an average player. Like, he's yeah. going to have to be a superstar, like top 10 in points for the – whole debacle of what they're doing slash did for it to even work out. And it's tough being a new team in the league to where you have, you can pick and choose all these guys. Oh, we want that guy. He's good. Like, but then it comes a time to where you're stuck in a situation like this of shit. We got all these good guys, but we can't pay all of them. <laughs> yep. Why salary cap? It makes sports so much more fun and equally as competitive because, you know, unless you get in a situation like the Penguins have where Boston Bruins, where you have a lot of these superstars who could, I'm taking the max. Like you see in basketball, I'm taking the max, I'm taking the max, I'm taking the Mm -hmm. max, where these guys are just like, shit, if I take the max, my line mate can't be on my team anymore that I absolutely love. Okay, I'll take this, you take this, you take this. We're all going to – like, everybody takes way less than what they are getting unless you're a Kale McCarr, a Connor McDavid, a Sidney Cross. You're one of one are the guys who get paid bank. Otherwise, you're you're playing for a discount no matter who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, too, like – as important as it is to have the best guys on the ice and the best coach on the other side of the wall, guiding, guiding those guys in the right direction, the most successful franchises, I mean, in hockey or any sports, your front office of the guys that can crunch the numbers and try to figure these things out, um, ha, like have equally as big of a part in the, in the organization as the guys who were in the X's and O's, because when you get into situations like this, do you fold? Do you have to get rid of guys or do they find a way to keep them? Which is like, holy shit, they managed to find a way to keep all these guys and then they go win a Stanley Cup. So it's like hats off to the front office. But again, do they have the brain power to be able to do it? Yeah, like look at Tampa. Look mm-hmm. what they've been able to be. And they're in the same position again for, to have potential for three straight in a row, you know, to do it again. 
Yeah. Salary cap gymnastics. And when you do that, just like Tampa Bucks did with how they re-signed everybody, everybody will play for cheaper if you know that you're on a team that has a chance to go win. Like, oh, you'll yeah. take that discount to know that you're on a team that can compete and contend for it. So oh, for sure. Those teams know how to finagle and do all that salary cap gymnastics. But, yeah, they have the teams who are there to win and not for the money. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Then uh, moving over into our other category, heading over to the links. What is your dream golf course to go shoot 18 at? TPC Sawgrass. That was fast. <laughs> yep. That's my number one place that I'd love to go shoot around. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, any of these any of these courses on the tour would just like be jaw drop jaw dropping to take one shot on, let alone shoot around on. Um yeah, take that back. Augusta. That's what I was going to say. That's what I'm leaning towards. Was that was it? I was going to say, is this also by your like? Is this by yourself or is this like? It's like the NHL question. Like if you're you you entering endless a pockets, PGA tournament, golf a tournament at, go golfing with a buddy at, go by yourself, whatever scenario you want. <laughs> yeah, probably the Masters, and just to get that experience of. The drive-in, the whole, like, every legend who's ever picked up a goddamn club has been on this course and golfed on this. Yeah. I'd say the Masters, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I agree. Or what's that freaking course over the British Open? Which one? St. Andrews. St. Andrews. I think that'd be badass, too, because that's the same circumstance, except for you get to go back to the beginning of golf. And deal with gale force hurricane winds. <laughs> While wearing a kilt, getting pelted in the head by hail, ninety <laughs> yeah. mile per hour winds, <laughs> seven um, hard, seven hundred yard par fives. Yeah, something about again that was it sixteen or seventeen at Augusta, the historic par three over the pond, just to have, just to sit there with a bucket of balls on that and just try to get it within a, a foot of the hole would just be a dream of mine. With the, which one? Which one? 16 or 17 with a par three over the pond. With like the pin, island green? With the pin placements, uh, the Sunday pin placement at the bottom of the green. Are you talking about the island? Like the island green? I don't think it's an island, but it's over the pond. Okay. It has, I, well, the, the green yeah, is no, like hill, and then it, and it slopes, goes off slopes to the right. Up. And then, it, yep. yeah. I think that's the um, in our intro. Tigers. Tigers 16. Yeah, Tigers chip shot in where it comes all the way back around. I think that's yeah, I think that's 16. Yeah. Because TBC Sawgrass 17 is the island. Oh, okay. Yeah, someday. Yeah, who knows? Then my last question for you. Do you think the Badgers superstar college basketball for those of you? Wisconsin Badgers superstar. Um What's his name? Something Davis. Oh, Davis. Um, shoot, what is his first name? Come on, come on, come on, dude. Why? 
Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis. <laughs> do you think he's a, a one and done, or do you think he returns and plays his career out for the Badgers? I think he stays just because of look at what Brad Davidson Davidson did again. Probably I don't know if he would have made it to the NBA had he not used his COVID year to come back for one more season. But just the chemistry that this team is built, I could see Johnny Davis kind of taking on that Brad Davidson role, sticking around all four years because Johnny Davis is a sophomore, so he could stick around for two more years. Um, I don't know. I really like this Wisconsin team. Again, sitting at 12-2, and kind of getting overlooked this year, which, again, is good. I feel like for Wisconsin sports, football or basketball – Anytime they're in the spotlight, they crumble and fall down. So sitting at 23 right now, again, kind of outside the big lights. Nobody's really talking about him a whole lot. I think he sticks around all four years and tries to get the Badgers back to the Final Four. Yeah, I see him being a top draft pick. I see him gone, dude. And which After is pretty this sick. Year? Yeah, this kid's unreal, dude. Excuse the unreal. He literally takes games over, and look at the bright moments. Look at what he did against Purdue, thirty-seven to fourteen. That's yeah. takeover. Last night, twenty-six nine and five. Like he almost had another double double. Like this kid is literally unreal, and like <laughs> he scored thirty points earlier in the season versus number twelve Houston. Like this guy is for. He is for real, and I feel like he could be the best Badger basketball player to go on and do something. Like, his talents are just part. He can shoot, dunk, he, like, he does it all. Where the past Badgers who have Decker, he's just a big power forward, like not really like a crazy game changer, Kaminsky center, backup, you know, like he, like this Davis, puck, He's so good. Like, mm-hmm. he's the best Badger basketball player I be- I think I've ever watched. And he's only a sophomore, so think of how good he can get. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, again, depending on how their season goes, I'd say if they make it to the Elite Eight but not the Final Four, I could see him coming back to where they're like, we're this close. If we get the right guys back, we can go the distance. If they make an early tournament exit, then – I'd entertain the idea of him being gone next year. Just because, again, you have have so many guys that come back when either they make it to a Final Four, make it to a national championship, and they come up short just by a little bit. Look at Gonzaga. They had so many guys come back because they're like, we're this close. We had nearly a perfect season. Obviously, the perfect season no longer on the table for them this year, but – Again, when you get that close and you build that chemistry with those kind of guys, you get a lot of them to come back despite their talent that they know they can get to the next level. Yeah, and they, I mean, they do only have two seniors, so I guess that could incline them depending how deep they do go. You're losing two guys. Yeah. At mo, you know, for sure. So, yeah. Good deal. Yeah. Well, then wrapping up our episode here, just kind of a quick circle back to the national championship going on on Monday. Um, again, Monday's episode will be out after the national championship takes place. So 
I know it was either last episode or Monday's episode. We were both uh, kind of standing in the corner of Alabama. Is that still where you sit? Um, again, Georgia, currently two and a half point favorites in the national championship. I'm going to check that for sure. Two points now for Georgia. Are you still with Alabama? What is your score prediction? I'm going to say go dogs, 31-28. Oh, he's switching it up. I originally picked Georgia, but then yeah. after after thinking about it, I let my head get in the way. Had a chance to sleep on it, look at some numbers, look at some things. Go dogs. All right. I'm going to stick with my guns and, again, make it fun. I'm sticking with Alabama. You don't bet against Tom Brady, Nick Saban, or Bill Belichick. I'm going to say 35-30. Roll Tide. All right. I'll write this down. What'd you say again? Free score? 3128. 31-28. 31-28. Dogs. Yep, they got the best kicker in college football. Dude's going to nail a field goal to win. Sounds good. All right. Well, sounds good, everyone. Hope everybody has a great weekend, and we'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend.